0: Hello, and welcome to episode eight of Jobs to Journeys, a podcast about how people learn, grow, and find meaning in the workplace. My name is Gabe Gloga. Each week, I talk with my friend and co-host Doug Weitz about whatever topics we're wrestling with and try to help each other clarify these ideas and hopefully add a little knowledge and insight to the world of workplace learning. This week, we're officially rebranding this podcast. The new title is Jobs to Journeys. We're no longer just talking about learning at work, but rather about how organizations can create the right conditions that will bring meaning and focus to people's work. Conditions that will challenge people and change them for the better. And in the process, create a dynamic community of heroes that run towards the important and sometimes frightening problems that must be solved in your business. Along the way, we discuss how to be the hero of your own movie, what's the difference between a job and a journey, insights from the Hobbit movie marathons, how not to waste 30% of your life, why Batman runs toward the explosion, effective swim coaches, why starting is the best way to start, and much, much more. This podcast is brought to you by Cultivate Me, which helps people and organizations turn their jobs into journeys. If you're curious about any of the ideas we discuss on the show, or you just want to connect, you can always send an email to hello at cultivateme.xyz. We'd love to hear from you. And now, on to the show. Hello, Doug. Hello, Gabe. I'm singing this morning, and when I'm singing, I'm in a good place.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What are we talking so we, about? We, uh, we, we started this podcast, I don't know, six, seven episodes ago. Mm. And what did we what have we been calling it? Learning at work. Learning at work. And that the concept of learning at work was about how work is actually sort of the perfect place to, to learn because you're doing authentic things. I mean, one of the reasons you and I came together, just a little backstory, was that um, I was- Are you going to te- talk about
0: Project Romeo?
1: No, I don't think I'm going to go that far with it. All but right. like, I was a teacher in, in the classroom where theoretically learning should be exactly what's going on. Mm. And you were a practitioner in the business world mm. where theoretically employees, you know, there's there's sort of this concept that like, I went to school, I learned. Now I work and learning is sort of over, you know, but what, what we found was that um, uh, in the classroom, because everything's so inauthentic because you're stuck in this one room with this one group of kids for a period of time between bells, and then they have to hustle to the next place. And you have so little kind of flexibility in, in terms of setting the stage for learning and they're not doing anything in the real world they're doing things that the teacher creates for them to do in order to feel like they're doing something in the real world juxtapose that with work where everything you do is real and authentic and you start to realize that a place where you can be where everything you do is authentic is a is much more fertile for learning than a place where everything you do is inauthentic and so ironically school is an I mean, in my opinion, school is a much harder place to create authentic learning and engagement than the workplace, and that's where we kind of started with this whole idea of learning at work. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is the
0: the 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 idea that I'm picking up on is uh, relevance and activities that are in response to a legitimate stimulus in the environment, hmm. right? I, you know, the most common complaint you hear in from students in classes is like, when am I ever going to need to use this?
1: Exactly.
0: Right? And And the answer in the workplace is, well, right now, because <laughs> there's a project right now and there's a customer on the end of it and they're asking for it. And if you do it, they will give us money. So that's when you'll use it, you know, but you don't have that immediate feedback, that immediate stimulus in the classroom. And so the experiences by necessity are sort of artificial and constructed. Um, and you kind of have the flip of the the flip, the the, the inverse of that, the inversion of that. Mm-hmm. oof me speak good this morning. Um, mm-hmm. In the workplace, right, where you have all this, legitimate relevant stimuli but a a distinct lack of learning going on i mean i don't want to i don't want to say nobody's learning everything anything but um a distinct lack of let's say um structured and conscious learning
1: yeah well i would say um infrastructure and acceptance that it is a place where we learn, you know, like school. Everybody knows when you go to school, you're going to learn. School equals learning. Whether school actually equals learning, based on some of the things we just said, is questionable uh, a lot of the time. But everybody knows that school is the place where you're supposed to learn. But work is the place where you're supposed to get things done. You know, like it's not a place where a lot of CEOs are singing from the top the, from the rooftops, going come here and learn, right? They're saying, come here and work. Um, and, and in terms of infrastructure, like there isn't a lot in the workplace, uh, a lot set up where people are helping you to figure out how to learn from your experiences. So,
0: so that's a lot of words about why we started with learning and why we called this learning at work. And I think we had a realization along the way that learning was sort of a means to an end <clears throat> that most people don't learn for learning's sake. They learn because it helps them to do something that they need to do or that they find valuable or that they find important. And um, the point that we're getting at with all of this is that we're, we're rebranding, if you will, this, this podcast and we're stretching the sort of scope of what it is that we we talk about or maybe we've stretched the scope of what we talk about and now we need to refit the focus of this and it and it has to do with one of our favorite phrases that we've used many times on this uh this show if you will uh which is that no one wants a job they want a journey
1: so no one from wants your... a
0: job; they want a journey that's right and we like to say you know at cultivate me we turn jobs into journeys So, from your standpoint, um, why is that, before we get too meta, why is that important? Because I want to go back and talk about why we started the podcast the way that we did and why we're rebranding it right now. But what is a job and what is a journey? And why are those things important? What's the difference?
1: Good question. Um, So, to me, a job is sort of a an arrangement, right? Where it's like, you do this stuff, I will pay you this money for doing this stuff and taking the time to do this stuff, right? When you're done with the stuff, then you can go home and enjoy your life. But like doing this stuff is the job, right? Um, and it doesn't matter what kind of job it is that, you know, that kind of arrangement is a job, right? It's my job. A journey is different in that a journey has, is an adventure. Like a journey is a series of places you go and characters you meet along the way and realizations you have along the way that change you as a human being and change you as a professional so that you can, you're more equipped to go on the next journey, you know? Um, and so it's, you know, if you think of yourself as sort of the hero in the center of your story, which I think all of us think of ourselves as the hero in the center of our story, that's a wonderful way to look at life, in my opinion. Um, then our lives are a series of journeys, right? In the same way you think of, you know, like meeting your soulmate and, getting married and having children and, you know, watching them grow up and all this stuff as, as part of your life's journey, there is a journey that can exist in the workplace. If the approach you take to work and if the approach your employers take to work is one of you're here on a journey.
0: Yeah. And I think, and to be clear, we're not trying to redefine the word job or the word journey. You could look them up in a dictionary. There are widely accepted definitions of them. I think we're using those words to point at some general concepts and the inherent tension between the two of them. And to me, when we say no one wants a job, they want a journey. The job part of that is about static repetition of tasks that lack meaning Mm
1: -hmm.
0: whereas journey is about a dynamic experience that unfolds over time is intellectually stimulating and helps you grow and develop as a human being so it's it's for me it's very much about the difference between static and dynamic um and and You know, you said people think of themselves as the hero in their own story, the hero in their own, the star of their own movie, right? Can you imagine a movie that was like two hours long? It was like, Doug went to work and he did this thing today. And then he did the same thing the next day and then the next day, and it was just two hours of Doug doing the same thing over and over and over. Mm
1: -hmm. Nothing
0: changed. He experienced no challenges. He overcame no obstacles. There was there was no success at the end. It was just the same thing over and over. And we talked about this a little bit in the, um, the 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 episode on fit, you know, and 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 how to get it. And that we we often think of a job in the interview process in the hiring process in the sort of evaluation process of like, is this something I wanna do? Is this the kind of person we wanna have at this organization? In this kind of static, uh, eternal sense of like, you know, do I wanna do these sets of tasks over and over and over and over? Is this the kind of person that can do this set of tasks over and over and over? Whereas I think we should ver- you know, more often be thinking about what's the journey we want this person to go on? What's the journey we think this role is going to take And is this person a good fit for that particular journey? Can they be dynamic and evolve and grow and and encounter and overcome obstacles over time?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I was an English teacher and uh, one of the things we talk about, one of my favorite lessons ever is the concept of dynamic characters versus static characters and that great writers create dynamic characters, even their minor characters are dynamic. And uh, dynamic is just defined as changing over time, right? A character who's the same at the beginning of the novel as he is at the end of the novel is a static character. A character who is different at the end of the novel than he was at the beginning of the novel is a dynamic character. Now, the character, it's about the character and whether the character changes. But in my experience in reading and you know uh, just storytelling and story listening and reading what determines whether or not the character can change is whether the character is faced with things that force the character to have to remold him or herself in order to face the challenge right so like my son is sick he's been homesick all week and of course there are lots of downsides to that. Well, one of the upsides is that we got to watch all three Hobbit movies back to back to back. <laughs> and it was awesome. That's a lot of Hobbit. Baggins, that's a lot of Hobbit. Although I, arguably you can't have too much Hobbit. <laughs> uh, Bilbo Baggins, who's the main character, who's the main, you know, the Hobbit, um, you know, it's just this little character who sort of sits at home and smokes his pipe and reads his books and, you know, his life is pretty mundane and peaceful, and he likes it, but he's forced to go on this insane journey, um, which has life or death aspects and, you know, all these things, and he meets all these characters along the way, and by the end of the story, he is clearly a different hobbit in this case, um, but it's not that he just changed, it's not that he was a, just a dynamic character, you can't really talk about him being a dynamic character without talking about the situations he was placed in and how they forced him to change and grow. And that's what made him a dynamic character. Yeah. I, what a great way to think about your
0: company. Mm. People talk about the story of a company, but what about the story of the people in the company? Are they all dynamic characters? Are they all on some kind of a journey? Has being a part of the story of your organization challenged and changed them? Or if you're a manager thinking about your, your team, you know, I, I've done a lot of manager training. And one of the things I often ask them is what's the most rewarding aspect of being a manager? And something like 80% of the answers is watching people grow and develop and, and advance within their career. Right. Like being, being a part of someone's dynamic growth and evolution is an incredibly satisfying human emotion and and experience, you know? Um, And this stuff, this stuff is deep. And I think this is what, what, what am I trying to say? Like, there are times when I'm I I feel cheesy talking about this because there's such a bottom line aspect to business that, that's inescapable, right? <laughs> if the bottom line isn't working. If your cash flows in the red, eventually it's the the, the business is over, right? And uh, and, and then people lose their jobs and and all of that stuff. So there's there's definitely a dollars and cents bottom line business aspect to. To running a company, right? It's undeniable. Having said that, um, it's thirty percent of your life, right? What you do professionally, more or less, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, uh, on average, Um, and and we want that to be meaningful Mm -hmm. as people. We want to look back and be able to say, "I did something worthwhile with my life. I went on an adventure." I didn't just suffer for thirty percent of my days on this planet, uh, you know, in order to buy food or, <laughs> or send my kid to college or something like that. And and I think I think it's different. What we're getting at with this notion of a journey is very different from what a lot of what we see as kind of perks and benefits and delightful employee experiences these days, right? It's not like matcha smoothies and foosball tables and nap rooms, you know, which is about comfort and happiness, um, people want struggle. As long as it's tolerable, and as long as it means something, he who has a why can endure anyhow. And so I think a big part of making your organization dynamic, full of dynamic characters that are overcoming obstacles on behalf of your company, right? is about providing the right kind of uh, struggle and tension for them, you know?
1: Yeah, well, and, but, but you have to be careful because you can very, if you structure it too much, you're sort of creating the classroom problem, which is that it's now artificial, you know? So like there are authentic challenges that your employees are going to have to face Helping them to understand that that's okay, that they're expected to have these challenges, that they're expected to struggle, that they're expected to sometimes fail, but that we are here to support them in any way that we can, um, and that we believe that they will overcome and that they will become better as a result, that's a conversation that isn't happening very often. You know, like I, I can't tell you how many people I coach who are struggling with something And their biggest, really their biggest struggle when you get down to it isn't the struggle. It's their sort of like internal struggle over like, should I be struggling this much? Are other people struggling this much? Right. And if somebody just said, like, I see you, I see you're struggling. It's cool. Like, that's part of the part of the adventure here. You know, we're all struggling in different ways. And what you're struggling with right now is something that I struggled with a, a year ago. You're struggling just the right amount, right? Because people feel like, you know, if, if God, it's, it's like if you're, if you're learning how to swim, right? And you're just out 100 yards in the ocean with no one around and you start feeling panicky, it's terrifying, right? You're, you're alone. You're, you don't know how close you are to drowning. If on the other hand, you're learning how to swim, but you're in a pool and your instructor's right next to you and your instructor's saying you're doing, you're doing great. Keep breathing, you know, pick your legs up. So you float up, you know, whatever, floating on your back is actually a great example. Cause that's freaky for people the first time, you know, it's okay. Just put your chin up, breathe, stay calm, put your feet out of the water, you're floating now, right? And and you know, like my hands are just below you. Like I'm going to catch you. If you start sinking, you're, you're going to be okay. It's a totally different experience. Like in both cases, you're floating in the water, trying to figure out how to float on your back. But in one case you feel totally unsupported and there's no safety net whatsoever. And you could die at any second. And in the other case, you feel like, oh, this is learning. (laughs)
0: Yeah, totally different. It, it's about finding the optimal struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, I, I think we outsource our sanity. You and I talked about this a while ago. Uh, that sanity is is a function, is a social function, right? It's it's not a purely kind of mental situation. It's a it's a checking in with the people around you. Like, am I the only one experiencing this?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, should I be worried? Is this is this normal? And what does normal mean? It means what most other people are doing or experiencing or, or accustomed to, right, is this out of the ordinary. And so um, that's why so much of our work around how to turn jobs into journeys has been about uh, reflection and especially kind of peer coaching and social learning and, you know, and getting people together on a regular basis to just talk about the work and how they're feeling about it.
1: Yeah, so so you just started touching on it, but let's pivot to that. How do like assuming someone's listening and going, wow, this is really resonating with me? Mm-hmm. I am a leader of my mm-hmm. team, my organization, and I want my people to be going on journeys. Hell, I want to be going on a journey. I felt like I'm just doing a job. I want to do it. I don't know how to do it. So right. how do we recommend? That people turn jobs into journeys for themselves, for their teams, for their organizations. Well,
0: step one is obviously subscribe to this podcast and listen to (laughs) it every day. Yeah. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, (laughs) uh, Having said that, I think, you know, I actually think, I think the reason we started this podcast in the first place is, is a good analogy to how that is, to, to how you do that. And, and you and I, we haven't actually rehearsed this. So I don't, <laughs> I'm going to riff on how to do this extemporaneously here, but I think it starts with, and you're much better at this because you do all the coaching, you know, but I'm here, I'm here to support you. Thank you. You've got your hands under me while I'm floating on my back. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think you start by just looking around your world for a second and saying, where am I, where am I feeling some tension? Where am I excited? Um, where am I uh, nervous? <clears throat> Where am I frustrated? Right, and give yourself uh, a little bit of a of a focus on that, and try to try to articulate that, clarify that, and see if you can get a dim apprehension of something better. I feel like there's some way that this can be improved. And now, now you're off and and running a little bit, right? And it's 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 a bit like the start of. Any journey, right? You you just have to put one foot in front of the other. You have to pick a direction, say, okay, I'm going to go here. And as you go on that first leg of the journey, things will start to become more and more clear to you. So, you know, find something that you want to start developing, whether that's a new skill or some problem in your environment, or confronting something frustrating, or uh, pursuing a you know an interest you know, it's an interesting project, it's an interesting team, it's an interesting client, it's an interesting system or problem, whatever it is, and just go after it for a bit. And, and then, and then reflect on it regularly. I would say that's the, that's the fastest way, right? Start by starting. Um, But then I think there's a, there's a more structured, uh, there's a point at which you take a, a slightly more structured approach and you start, thinking in terms of those altitudes, like like we had talked about uh, in that episode on, what was it? Career, the career development framework, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what's my tour of duty right now? What job do I have? Really understand that job, that role, right? Um, and, and try to think about what good looks like, what what mastery looks like, what does excellence look like in that role? And then look at look at yourself and how you're currently performing it. So, you know, how close to or far away from mastery am I by my own definitions and what areas do I need to improve in order to get to that point? And that, that helps you start to scope your journeys and your direction and your focus uh, a little bit better.
1: I, you know, I think about this all the time. I mean, every time I think I've got it, I sort of stumble upon something new and, it totally reformats what I think the secret is. Um, and it, you know, it changes, it evolves. And that's sort of what makes it such a fascinating, exciting topic to, to be sinking, sinking our teeth into. But what, I, what I'm on right now is sort of the simplest thing you can possibly imagine, which is just talk to someone and tell them what you're struggling with. And let me let me sort of explain that a little bit. Okay, so, so there, there is the approach of going like, all right, what do I wanna get better at, right? And, and you think about you know, a series of skills, the skills for your job, the skills for your life, whatever, you pick a skill and then you go, how am I gonna get better at this? And you go to it, right? And that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think the thing that you need to work on the most will almost immediately emerge upon answering the simple question, what are you struggling with right now? Because what happens when you start to answer that question, assuming you elaborate and sort of dig in and sort of find what's underneath the surface, is whatever that thing is, it's right at the front of your mind. It's totally distracting. It's all you're thinking about. And underneath that thing you're struggling with, is whatever you need to improve about yourself in order to not struggle with it anymore. And then something else will appear that you struggle with. And if you look right into the eyes of that, you will find the thing you need to develop about yourself in order to not struggle with that kind of thing anymore, right? And so the fastest route, in my opinion, to what do I need to improve about myself is what am I struggling with right now?
0: Yeah, it's a very kind of stoic uh uh perspective, right? That the, the obstacle is the way, you know, mm-hmm. the best way out is is through. Um one of my heuristics is like, what are you whining about these days? Right? Mm-hmm. What are you complaining about? Like, oh, you know, and 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 what are you complaining about that feels external? You know, oh, if this company would only blah, 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 blah. Yeah, if my boss would only yada, 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 you know, um. That gets back to one, uh, you know, our favorite coaching questions. Well, what's the real problem here for you? Mm -hmm. You know, in what way might you be contributing to that or refusing to address the situation or something, right? Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I think finding your journey is about... Well, let me give you an example. So, I was I was doing some coaching with one of my teammates yesterday, and we were actually kind of calibrating her journey. And one of the big problems that we have right now, big problems. One of the things that we're really working on, you know, is overhauling the onboarding experience at, at our organization. And um, she's done a lot of research on it. You know, looked at done some of her own thinking and 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 researched other onboarding programs and experiences. And, and she's getting kind of jazzed about it, They're like really excited about creating something meaningful um, and, and novel. And I said, you know, like, what do you think, what do you want your reality to be a year from now on this, in relation to this project? And I'd suggested like, you should be on some sort of L and D podcast explaining to them this awesome program that's making waves like that's, and that was a wave like for her to envision something exciting and rewarding uh, and sort of socially validating, if you will, uh, a year from now in relation to this work was a really powerful frame for the journey that she's on. Like we've put a point on the map that's out of reach right now. And it's often the distance that says, this is, this is where I wanna go. This is the journey that I wanna go on. Um, and her her job, right, uh, is is the pathway on that journey uh, that that she's that she's going to follow. And it's a little bit out of reach. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle, but that's what makes it exciting for her. So I think, what am I saying? I think turning a job into a journey is is a lot about just framing the job and framing it in terms of time, rather than tasks, you know, thinking about it as as a destination you are trying to reach over a certain period of time. And there are some tasks that you will have to do that are obvious right now. You know, and you can call that the job description. There are some tasks that you will have to do that are impossible to see at this point, that may only come up six, nine, 18 months from now. Um, But accepting it as a journey and accepting that some percentage of it is unknown and unknowable at at any moment is kind of what makes it exciting, what makes it dynamic, you know? And if you don't feel nervous a little bit about it, if you don't think like, oh, how am I gonna pull that off? Or, I'm a little worried because I'm not good at doing X, right? If you don't feel that, it's not gonna be a very rewarding journey. If you feel like, oh, you know, yeah, that's totally fine. I can do it, you know,
1: no problem. Yes,
0: um, that's yeah, a boring movie to watch.
1: Right. Well, speaking of movies, so the other because I've been home with Dashi, uh, we also watched all three of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. And as I was thinking about, um, you know, back to back to back, uh, as I was thinking about the hero and the hero's journey, and you know, you being this the hero of your own story, it's. I was thinking of like, okay, so there's an explosion somewhere over there, right? And Batman hears it. Batman goes to the explosion, right? (laughs) That's where the action is. Of course, it's scary. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's, you know, but like, that's where Batman is needed. And you are Batman, right? So our version of the, the Joker blowing up the bank is like, I'm feeling really frustrated with one of my employees. And I have to have a conversation with her. I know I have to have a conversation with her, but I don't want to have that conversation. It's going to be awkward and difficult. And I don't know how it's going to go. And God, it's going to be yuck. Like, I don't, I wish I just didn't have to have it. Right. But you have to have it right. You know, you have to have it. The fact that you're Complaining about it and struggling with it, struggling with it before you even do it, just struggling with the idea of doing it, means that it is getting in the way of everything else you're trying to do. It is Joker blowing up the bank. You need to go to the bank and you need to face the Joker and find out what's going on. Um, And when you do that, you will continue to feel like a hero. You will overcome something unknown. And you will be better for it. Right. So, so, I, you know, I, I continue to think that like it's not really about like picking skills that you want to improve on. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. I'm just saying that's not how you find it. And I, I also, and from an employer's standpoint, I think it's about not putting out all the fires for other people, right? You know, like if Batman heard the explosion, but like Superman just blew it out. Well, then Batman's just sort of like, oh, well, I guess there's nothing to do. But it's about going to that explosion and facing it. And that's how you find the things you need to work on. That's how you improve. That's how you get better. That's how you build those skills that you weren't even sure what they were. You weren't sure what skills you needed to work on, but now you know, because you had to solve a problem and the skills were built into it.
0: Yeah. So two things come to my mind. One is connecting people's life's task to the mission of the company. Mm. Uh, And the other is bad delegation or the too nice manager. So starting with the second one, I love that idea of, Sending people towards the explosion, and I know that I struggle with this as a manager. Is I feel I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my background as a jazz musician or something. But I just hate telling other people what to do. Mm. Um, and and I feel like oh, if I you know if I if I delegate this, it's going to be too much of a burden or something. And let me let me do some of the hard stuff first, and then you can take it. But that's that's terrible. They don't want that. I need to, I need to send people to the explosion and I'm, I'm getting better at that, you know? Um, but that's what, that's what people want. Now they, they don't want to be sent into a burning building with no like protective gear. Uh, and if, you know, like no one's there to save, like there's a horrible fire, go stand in it for a while, you know, but like you want to send people to, um, worthy, meaningful problems that they're going to have to wrestle with, right? And like the, that's the point. That's why they showed up. the, the, the right ones you know that are in, that are in the right headspace. That's why they showed up is to go do meaningful, important things that are a bit of a struggle. Um, and embracing that as, as a manager, as a leader, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing is, you know how do you turn a job into a journey, everyone's life is a journey and they have something that gets them out of bed in the morning. Um, even if they don't know what it is yet, uh, they've experienced enough, you know, in their time that I, I have a certain history, I have a certain uh, 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 will, personality, uh, skill set that makes something in the world, some problem, some topic, some issue, something that that I'm deeply, deeply passionate about. And and if I had made some meaningful progress in that area or contributed to solving that problem in some way in the course of my life, when I die, I would feel like I had lived a meaningful life, right? That they're kind of life's task, if you will. If you can find as a manager, as a leader, some way to connect that, to frame that in the right way, to connect that to to the mission of the organization or the role that they're having, uh, the role that they have, You've got an instant journey, mm-hmm. right? Instant meaning, which just unlocks all sorts of creativity and energy and engagement. Um, so that, to me, is a big, a big part of turning jobs into journeys. Um, Can I say one thing any, about um,
1: yeah about just just the whole idea of sending people to the explosion? like there, there's a nuance to that where you, you want people to have agency, right? You don't want to be like, go to that explosion, right? Um, You want them to feel like they want to go to that explosion, or they're ready to go to that explosion, or they're empowered to go to that explosion. And that it's not that you're not going in their stead, because you're afraid, and you don't want to go to the explosion. It's that, You're sending them because they are best equipped to go to the explosion or because you're going to a different explosion or whatever, so that they feel like they're like, like it's their journey, you know, like, I mean, if if they're just being like if a person is just being I think this is why parents struggle so much with their kids in terms of like telling them what to do, because there is a certain amount of telling kids what to do but you're also always trying to make kids feel like they want to do what you're telling them to do. And there's a tension there. And the same tension exists at work and in delegation of, of, um, you know, giving people direction without them feeling like all they're doing is a series of tasks that you're telling them to do. Right. Just follow an order. Sir. Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. I, I think, um, Getting back to the movie analogy, and we should probably do closing thoughts soon. But um, if you're if you're always running to the explosion as the leader or as the manager, mm-hmm. you're not giving your people the opportunity to be the hero in their own movie. You're just turning them into a walk-on extra character in the background. You know, mm-hmm. you got to give them the opportunity to be the hero and create the right conditions where. Uh, they're going to be a hero and not a, you know, not a failure or end up becoming the villain. Uh. Um, Yeah. I guess that's, that's it for me. What about you?
1: Any, any closing thoughts? How do we wrap this up? Well, we, we started by talking about how we're rebranding the podcast to uh, from learning at work to jobs, to journeys. And you mentioned that you wanted to go back and talk about, the way we do this podcast and sort of the concept behind that and how it's a great metaphor for the concept of jobs, the journeys. Do you want to talk about that a little?
0: Yeah, sure. I think um, we started this podcast because we had a dim apprehension of something better, right? That this is something that we, we do often, like we, you know, we, we talk about these ideas, we sort them out, we have a fun time doing it. And we thought if we recorded that and started to share it with others, it would be, it would be useful and along the way, we would find a focus. We would, we would, the, the dim apprehension would become brighter and sharper in our minds. And, and I feel like it has because we started out thinking, oh, this is about learning in the workplace. And it, and it is to be sure, but it's bigger than that. Um, the topics that keep coming up uh, that we find interesting and, and meaningful and useful and applicable to all of this are more about precisely what we've been talking about now, about turning jobs into journeys of which learning is an essential component, but not the only piece of it. And I don't think we would have arrived at that decision sort of abstractly thinking about this in front of a whiteboard before we launched our podcast. Like We had to start by starting. We had to say, here's a point on the map. I don't know if it's exactly the right point, but I'm going to start walking towards it. And I feel like Along the way, by having the experience of walking towards it and seeing everything around me, I'll start to figure out if, in fact, this is the right destination or if I need to adapt it. And I think we started to head in the right direction, but we realized there's that we have to adapt. And so that analogy to me is a big part of, well, that story is an analogy for turning a job
1: into a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Right, because this podcast has become a journey for us. Mm-hmm. I, I would also submit that us proves, and our
0: seven listeners yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i would <laughs> submit that it also proves the point that i was trying to make earlier about starting by talking about the thing that's distracting you right i mean think about it. each topic like we don't come on here like it's not like we made a list in the past i mean we have a little bit of a list of things we want to talk about but It's not like we're just ticking through that list, regardless of what happens in the world and with us and in our brains. Like we come to this and go, typically before we hit record, one of us says, oh my God, I have this this thing we have to talk about. And I don't know exactly why, but like, I can't stop thinking about it and I got to figure out what's underneath, right? And through the conversation, through talking about that stuff, we both figure something out and learn and grow and become stronger right that's our hero's journey that's our we're the hobbit you know we are Bilbo Baggins like overcoming something that we didn't expect and having an adventure and being different dynamic characters as we you know as we change yeah well
0: I think that does it for me on this I I I think going forward you know All of our topics are going to be about how to create the conditions in an organization that will transform jobs into journeys and the benefits of doing that.
1: Fantastic.
0: All right, Gabe. Thank you, Doug. Talk to you soon. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Jobs to Journeys. I hope you found it fun and insightful. If you want to learn more about the Cultivate Me method of turning jobs into journeys, visit us on the web at CultivateMe.xyz or send an email to hello at CultivateMe.xyz. Be well, and I'll see you in the next episode.